Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up. We share a recommendation of something we've loved recently, and then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to right now. The sorts of things that a lot of people are probably thinking about, but maybe aren't having the conversation about. If you enjoy this episode, hit subscribe, and then every Wednesday, you will get a brand new episode in your inbox. I feel like I need to do a disclaimer at the start of this episode and apologize for my husky Phoebe Buffet style voice because I did fully lose my voice last week and this is the aftermath. I mean, it's like Phoebe, it's sexy, right? You want it to stay at the 95%. <laughs> Thing is, it it sounds mildly sexy now, as sexy as I can do. Um, but on Thursday, I just sounded really distraught about everything. <laughs> like this and it was horrible like nothing I said sounded serious it was just awful in every single way oh my god that is like a classic your body telling you to slow down yeah I mean it's happened to me once before I fully lost it that badly I have lost it again like in the past but not as badly as that um but yeah, I woke up Friday morning and I couldn't like muster out more than a whisper. And it was just so, it, it, if you whisper everything, you sound so passive aggressive. <laughs> I was wow. saying stuff to Alex and he was like, okay, fine. I was like, I'm not having a go. I just sound really passag. I swear that everyone I know has been, I mean, I've been ill three times this year but so far. I know so many people who have just been ill multiple times. What is with that, I mean, I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure it's because we're all catching up on all the illnesses we didn't get for like three years of pandemic. But I mean, in the I last just six, can't dodge it. In the last six months, no, since November when I caught COVID, I've been sick three times. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like I'm never that sick. I mean, I do feel fine now. I just I'm coughing like I smoke 50 a day. So that's a great vibe. Yeah. I literally am starting every work meeting like so I'm really sorry, but last week I lost my voice and now I'm coughing a lot. <laughs> it's fine. You you give the little intro, it's all good. And yeah. then you just have an excuse to sit on mute for the whole time, right? Exactly. It's all a <laughs> How have you been though? Good. Um, I just feel like every time you ask me that question at the start of the episode, I'm like, it's been chaotic. But it has continued to be chaotic. Um, you know, we had the weekend of Dubrovnik. I think that was when we last recorded. And then... My parents have just today, They let, I took them to the airport this morning. They've been here in Croatia for a week with us. And then this is officially my last week in our apartment here. We move out next week, which I actually can't believe. So, so as quick. well as everything else going on and got new clients and new projects. And I've got another big, two big projects before we even leave Croatia. Oh, and I need need to pick up an apartment so at the the moment I'm kind of just burying my head in the sand about the whole issue um and eating chocolate pudding actually so you know coping well (laughs) I think that's a great coping strategy I had Aperol spritz and truffle pasta I just didn't really get out between Friday and Sunday so I mean that's like peak Italy isn't it That's, that's basically research to prepare you for the summer exactly and I had to rest throughout it because, you know, I had a few naps. It was, despite the fact I felt crap, it was great. <laughs> well, and you had a week, you had a reason to celebrate as well, apart from uh, 
feeling better, obviously, which also should be celebrated. Oh my gosh, yes, it should totally be celebrated. Um, we have had good news about Alex's job, so he's got a new job secured. So we're very excited about that. Um, Woo! Which is just, I don't, I'm, I mean, I say it very like candidly. I don't think it's really sunk in yet. Like anyone who um, either works like within like the medical world is a doctor knows any doctors knows anyone in training will just know how like arduous the whole process is like shockingly hard and long-winded so we've kind of like got to the next stage now and it's like I don't I don't even like it's not even registered with us really that it's happened so um I think I will sleep a bit better tonight (laughs) I bet I had this conversation with my whole family where I explained like how this process works when Alex gets a new job oh it's ridiculous from her was like why do they not share this on the news she was like I feel like there would be absolute outcry how how is this a reasonable way that they expect people to operate who are working in the medical profession I'm like I I literally think this all the time why is it not shared more that you're basically expected to uproot your life and start a new job within like 24 hours of leaving your last one like how is that a normal I mean, like, why is it not on the news that they do that? And I'm like, beats me. <laughs> Honestly, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I just, I mean, if anyone is going through the process and want tip, t- wants tips on like applications in terms of like how to pick where you want to live, we have a lot of spreadsheets. Like, we have done a lot of research over the years. Like, we have got it down <laughs> to an art now. So, hit me up. I can help. Um, what is your recommendation for the week, my dear? Well, I've had to dig into the archives because, as I said to Taylor, I um, feel like I've been really boring because I've literally not had time to do anything like listen to podcasts, read books or anything. So this is a book that I actually finished maybe six weeks ago now and I forgot to recommend. And it's called <laughs> Really Good Actually by Monica Pisi. I think we spoke about it. I told you I was reading it at the time. Yeah, because it's on my Goodreads to read list. Yes. So I think it's Monica Heisey. Heisey. I'm not sure how the EI is pronounced in there, but she is the screenwriter for Schitt's Creek. And <gasps> if you've ever watched Schitt's Creek, you, yeah, you can, you know, straight away that it's just going to be hilarious and also kind of iconic as well. Yeah. And I don't usually, I'm not really like a comedy, I don't know, the, the, a day in the I don't really know how to describe these books basically when there's some sort of like vague romance plot I usually steer clear but really good actually follows Maggie whose marriage has ended in divorce less than two years later and she finds herself alone for the first time in her life as well as being a divorcee at the age of 29 and she kind of goes through the heartache and the, the depression that follows that and her friends are extremely supportive and then she kind of goes into that next stage of uh, hoping where she makes a series of very questionable attempts to get back out there. Oh, God. Start new hobbies, meet new people. I'm saying all of these with air quotes because it's the classic like things that people tell you to do when you go through a breakup. And she just has the most chaotic consequences to all of these things. And it's somehow the way she writes this book is somehow hilarious so relatable despite the fact that I have neither been married or divorced and I am age 29 but manages to pinpoint just those horrible like painful feelings of 
like fear of being alone or what will people think of me or am I falling behind? And then there's also a lot of really important themes around like mental health and friendship and pursuing your career during tricky times in life. I, I just think it's a very kind of perfect book for people around our age, whatever you might be navigating at the moment. And also it's really entertaining. And I was laughing out loud as well. That might be my Easter weekend read because I have visions of sitting in the garden over the Easter weekend, drinking oh. margaritas and reading. I do think I might be a bit ambitious, but we'll see. Um, but I've recently got back into Shit's Creek and I was binge watching it over the weekend. So that's like the perfect recommendation for me. Yes. On a, I flew through it so quickly and it's not my normal type of book at all, but it was, yeah, fantastic. What's your recommendation? Mine is TV series. Um, it's on Apple TV Plus and it is Bad Sisters. It's a 10-part kind of really dark comedy, I think is the best way to describe it, like a dark comedy drama, maybe. Um, and this guy dies. You know, in episode one, right at the start, this guy dies um, and straight away the question is, did one of his four sister-in-laws kill him? Oh, I love that. So it's Sharon Horgan who's in it, who is from Catastrophe. She's a brilliant actress, brilliant writer, absolutely hilarious. It's all set in Ireland, um, which I love because I just love Ireland. Um, And each kind of episode kind of focuses on a sister and why that sister might want to kill him. And this guy, like they call him the prick. And you kind of think after about 10 minutes of the show, you're like, yeah, I think I would want to kill him actually. Like, you are a complete prick. Um, and so it unravels as to, did they kill him or was it someone else who killed him or did he kill himself? Like, was it like an awful accident and he killed himself? Um, the only thing that you do know is that it's embarrassing because he's lying in the casket um, and his daughter's like, oh, we've told everyone at school he died in his sleep. And one of the sister-in-laws is like, yeah, less embarrassing that way. And she's like, yeah, exactly. But that's a kind of dark, like it is dark like it's a very dark comedy but it's brilliant really interesting a lot of the characters aren't particularly likable um like they're just very they're just very human like they all have their own flaws they all have their own baggage um and they all make questionable choices which I really like in characters I think it it does make them feel a bit more human mm-hmm. more relatable oh, yeah, definitely but it so how-, how are they sister-in-laws are they his wife's sisters or are they his siblings no so it's his five he he's married to one of the sisters there are five sisters and then it's her four sisters um oh my god that's hilarious so you're kind of like oh would you would someone kill their sister's husband like why like you've got that's you're like is he really that bad (laughs) yeah to kill your sister's husband and your niece's father like is he that bad like he's gotta be pretty awful to like warrant that um, but it's all on Apple TV Plus. It's hilarious. It's heartwarming. It's like gripping. It's really dark in places, but it's brilliant. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh God, I'm gonna have to watch that. Honestly, I'm so behind on Apple TV. I actually taking myself would. over it. You would love it. Like it's so a bit of you. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna watch that. When I when I've got, I've also don't. Have you watched Ted Lasso yet? No, we, we, haven't, yet. we haven't got to it yet. But they are releasing it one episode per week. So. I don't feel as intimidated by the fact that we are so behind. 
okay i might just wait till they're all out and binge watch them over a weekend to be honest i might, I might just do the same with bad sisters as well I'm going to wait for a quiet weekend and not speak to another human and watch all of it in one go. Well, this is what we were saying. Like, we know we'll want, like, more than one episode of Ted Lasso at a time. Or, like, at yeah. least watch, like, one an evening in the week. So we might wait. And... But then we don't want spoilers. It's a hard one. 21st century problems. <laughs> but, no. Mm-hmm. Is, Bad Sisters, definitely worth checking out. Um, I've recommended okay. it, like, everyone I've spoken to. Amazing. I'm going to watch it for sure. Do we want to tackle the topic this week? Oh, I like that. Tackle the topic. I like that. This week, we wanted to talk about flexible working and what actually is flexible working, because I think it's really easy to throw around terms like work-life balance and flexible working and remote work, especially now there is a lot more acceptance of working from home and remote work. But having flexible work means something different for everyone and this might sound i feel like this maybe sounds like a bit of a rogue topic a bit of a rogue topic for us but i think it's something that is more relevant than ever as the workplace changes and develops like post pandemic and also as we progress further through life things will be more relevant and more important to us in terms of having a flexible job yeah, I think post pandemic, there was definitely a feeling a lot among a lot of people that our employers owed us flexible working. It was a right that we had clearly shown we could do during the pandemic. And therefore, it was like a God given right now that we should always, always be allowed to be work, like be able to work flexibly wherever we wanted, whenever we wanted. And whilst I do think that it's a really positive thing that that has become more of a norm. And that conversation was thrown open. Now we're we're back into like normal life. I think there needs to be a different conversation because I think it's a big responsibility piece to understand yourself, how you work within your role, within your team and what works for you. And because we can't work takes up a huge amount of our lives. Right. And that's not necessarily going to change. Like even if you um, even if you have really hard and fast boundaries, you're still probably working about 40 hours a week. That is a big chunk of time. So you need Mm. to work out how you make that work alongside the rest of your life so it complements it because we can't all just suddenly say we're not going to work, but we're still going to earn money. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like a controversial way to say it, but I I really don't feel like work-life balance exists. I don't feel like you can ever have complete balance all of the time and I almost do feel like it's a bit of a lie to make people think that they can achieve something which is like like you said you spend a very very significant portion of your life working and for 99% of people we need to work to to live to live Mm. a sustainable life and I think then trying to kind of sell this concept of a work-life balance is really tricky when work is basically essential to your livelihood but I don't think that that means we can just ignore the whole conversation around having the option of making your job fit better with your life or having better boundaries in place or just kind of addressing how your work impacts your life and not resenting how it impacts your life I really agree I think we I once heard the I want to say as the CEO of Bumble say that she doesn't like the term work-life balance because she thinks it's so unrealistic 
but instead it's about the work-life blend. Like, where are you willing to allow compromises and what works for you and how do you make the two complement each other? Because balance, whenever someone says balance to me, I think of a seesaw and I think of things on each side and they're, they're opposing ends, right? But we can't possibly yeah. mm-hmm. expect that all the time, knowing what we know about like how not only do we work a lot, but most households will have at least two people working in them. We have constant access through our phones. You have to be very disciplined with the boundaries you set. And at the same time, you're told constantly to like work hard, hustle culture, all of that. It's, it's very difficult, but I think flexible working is the thing that can unlock more of like a close, I guess, a better blend. It's not about whether it's like a good blend or a bad blend, but just getting a little bit better. And I don't think it's just a case of working from home or working as a digital nomad. There are these little factors mm-hmm. within it. It's like, oh, if your kid has, I don't know, netball matches at 3.30 on a Wednesday afternoon, it's being able to go to those and then you do a couple of hours extra work when they've gone to bed in the evening. Because actually that's really important to you and that helps your well-being and it's good for your family, it's good for your kids but you can still show up properly within your team. I think it's yeah. got to think about it slightly differently now. Yeah, I think, I feel like that exactly that is all about cultivating a work lifestyle that works for you. So you're not sacrificing the things that are important to you at, at the expense of work obligations, mm-hmm. but also acknowledging that work has to be a part of your life to be able to fulfill those obligations as well. Completely. Because when I think about it, like when I was first like in the workforce, 22 years old, for me, flexible working was, I just want a Friday afternoon off so I can get on the train and go and visit friends or go to the airport and take a weekend trip. Like that was all that was really relevant to me at that time. Whereas I'm very aware now that it isn't just that black and white of, oh, you've got a half day on a Friday or you're working for from home or you work from the office and actually flexible working could look like finishing at 3 p.m so you can do the school run or setting better boundaries for evenings or weekends or having a three or a four day week or more flexible hours during the week depending on I don't know caring obligations that you might have or perhaps if you live somewhere it's difficult to get into the office and it can even be the one that's probably become more relevant to me just from the self-employed perspective but is saying no to more clients or bigger projects because mm. you know that it's a boundary you need to set either for like the volume of work that you're taking on or because you're content with your current workload or you just don't want to overstretch yourself. Like that's still a way of being flexible with work. And I recognize that that is a privilege, but also that can be a decision that you make as part of your flexible working that is for your mental well-being and I think yeah. there's so many things like mental well-being that tie into flexible working it's not just black and white work at home or work at the office I really agree and I think on that mental well-being often flexible working comes with a lot of judgment mm-hmm. because it's you should work flexibly but there's a certain way that we work flexibly and that working flexibly is being flexible to do stuff that's deemed fun or outside of work or like real life so taking your kids to netball practice or 
leaving an hour early to get a train to an airport, all of those things. I also think it works the other way in that sometimes it's acknowledging that I know that if I had a really manic day, actually the best thing I can do for my mental well-being is get up from my desk, have my dinner, go back for an hour and power through my inbox. And a lot of people would sit there and go, no, 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 you shouldn't be doing that, do that during work time, claim that time back, all of that. If that's a constant trend, I would 100% agree. If it's on the odd like occasion where you just go, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed, but what I need is a bit more time. I think part of flexible working is knowing that you can do that without judgment and that mm-hmm. no one's going to, like your boss isn't going to message me like, you shouldn't be online at this time. Like what it's like, I would always advocate like you delay send your team's messages or you delay send your emails. Like I'm I'm not into people sending messages outside of working times because I very much think if I want to work outside of working times, that's my choice. But don't like, don't instill that culture in other people. But I think that's a really important part of flexible working is having that self-awareness to go, actually, this week to be flexible, I need to put in a bit more time or I need to put in a different amount of time. Maybe it's that, like I know people who will openly say like between 7am and 8.30 on a Saturday morning, I sit down, I clear out my inbox because, mm-hmm. you know, they've got other commitments in the week. They have to go pick up their kids or they have to like, they've got a long commute or whatever. And that to them is their time where they can get on top of things. If that works for you, that's great. Embrace that. Yeah. Like I think that's a part of flexible working. We're far too quick to judge. There definitely is a big emphasis there on like boundary setting. But Mm -hmm. I think if you create rules for yourself around it, it can actually be a really liberating thing. It's definitely something that like I do. I do work on a Sunday evening or a Sunday morning for like an hour because it's a piece of work I have to do every single week. And I found that doing it on a Monday was causing me a lot more stress because I was under a time pressure. Whereas actually on a Mm -hmm. Sunday, there's no time pressure. So I do it better. I feel better. I feel calmer and I don't dread Monday. You've got to work out what works for you. And I think that's exactly that. Like if you choose to do an hour on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, or if you choose to log in at 9 p.m. because you're quieter and you haven't got the pressure, I'd argue that that's closer to work-life balance Mm. if you're thinking about the word balance. Because you you can't have balance all the time. Like you said, thinking of that seesaw, but it's a constant spectrum. Some days are going to have more balance than others. Some days it's going to feel like you're absolutely nailing life like it's going to feel amazing and others it's it's going to feel like you're failing miserably and you can't love or hate your job a hundred percent of the time but that's exactly where the balance comes in and if it makes your job feel more manageable and your day-to-day or your week-to-week feel more manageable by doing that hour of work out of hours or on a Saturday morning I absolutely think that you should have the the freedom to do that especially if you're doing that and acknowledging that you're not inflicting that on anyone else, mm-hmm. but it's something that you're doing for you because it helps you cope better, perform better, be more present when where else, wherever else you need to be. All of those things. And that is because you've had that awareness of how you work and how you operate best on, a, on the day to day. Oh, yeah. Like we're all adults, aren't we? At the end of the day, like I know that I quote unquote shouldn't be working at 8 p.m. on a Thursday evening, for example. But I also know that sometimes my job requires it because I have a standard I want to meet. And to do that, I've got to put in a bit more time or I need that space to think or I need to have a break. Like 
I think we've probably all had it as well, where we've had those days where, I don't know, it gets to two o'clock. And I think we've all had those days where it gets to two o'clock and like the life of you, you cannot focus. And you work at like 30% of your potential Mm. for three or four hours. But then it gets to like six o'clock and suddenly you're like, oh, actually, I feel quite motivated. And that's part of it. Like it's part of going, yeah, actually, I didn't really do what I needed to do today, but I am going to do it now. And not mm-hmm. judging yourself for that, but also not judging your other team members if they want to do that. I think as long as you're not creating an expectation that other people should have to, it's fine. And ultimately, work isn't going anywhere. I love that there are more four-day working week trials. I love that the workplace is becoming more open to different ways of doing things. But fundamentally, work isn't going anywhere. So we've got to find a way mm-hmm. to make it blend with our lives. And we've got to have that awareness to go, oh, that works for me. That doesn't work for me. That doesn't work. Like that works really well for me, but not for my team. So how can we work together? Mm-hmm. I think that's another really important point as well in terms of thinking about how your team operates and how you function as part of that that team. And I know like even from my perspective, which I appreciate is a bit different, but I have clients who are very understanding of one I will get the work done regardless of when I do the work, whether that is during a nine to five kind of hours or whether I do the work on a weekend or I do it at 10 p.m. Whenever I do it, they will send me a message on WhatsApp or whatever. And it's understood. I will not open and I won't won't read that message until I'm sat down and and I'm working and I can dedicate the time to it. And I think that's I appreciate that so, so much because they have an understanding of, okay, they're working right now at a time that suits them. I will be online and I will action those things when I am working and when I'm able to work at my best. And obviously if it's something urgent or something that needs doing, they just give me a quick call. And I'm fortunate that I have that relationship, but I also do think having that awareness of how your team works, whether it's team, colleagues, managers, clients, whoever it might be, the people that you work with, knowing how they work best and how they prefer to use their time is also really important. Yeah, and I think we all have a place to like, like a part to play in developing that sort of culture. Even mm. on like a like a smaller level, like when we like when we think about like editing the podcast, I'll send it to you to listen to or you'll send it to me, but there's no... Like we understand that one of our, whoever's editing it will upload it and we've got like boundaries of when we will listen and that sort of thing. And if I'm sending Teams messages at, I don't know, 5.20 on a, on a Thursday afternoon, I always try to caveat it with, hi, not one for now or don't look at this till the morning or something like that to, to make it really clear to whoever's messaging. Like, And often I will say, this isn't for now, it's just something I've thought of in the morning, can you dot, 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 help me with this? Or do you still need this from me? And it just helps on like a macro, no, micro, macro, mm-hmm. micro level. Micro, yeah. Yeah, got them in the end. A micro level to instill that culture of saying, I know that this works for me, it might not work for you, and acknowledging it. And I just think it normalizes that conversation because – that's how we can all like make work work better for us and also allow mm. people to feel that they can say, yeah, sorry, um, I'm working today, but I don't know, my kid's sick. And so I might disappear from a meeting or like 
I'll put the t- I'll make up the hours later or something like that. And then you go, I think oh. you're exactly right. Like it instills that culture, but also I think it really helps to break down the like the hustle always on culture. Yeah, like, definitely. There always used to be, and I'm not saying that it's gone, it's definitely still there, but the expectation to reply to your emails, have work emails on your phone, always reply as soon as possible. And I'm not saying that that, like, that definitely still exists, but I think if you're making those caveats or if you're showing that you have that consideration for other people's time, then you start to remove that assumption that people will always be online and they will always respond instantly because that's not realistic. Like life happens. You cannot expect everyone is going to be online at the same time as you or working at the same time as you, just because everyone's everyone's day to day and life structure is completely different anyway. Completely. And like you said, if it's something really urgent, someone will call me. Yeah. And the same goes like, if it's really urgent, I'll just call someone. But mm-hmm. there's very little that's urgent at, outside of regular working hours if you work in like a normal nine to five job. Of course, there might be things occasionally, but it's rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we hope you've enjoyed this and that it sparked some interesting conversations. Like, even in the workplace, we'd love to know your thoughts on flexible working and how it really works for you and like different ways we can implement it. We're always open to new ideas. If you do have any other ideas in terms of topics, please let us know. Our contact details are down in the show notes. In the meantime, we hope you have a great week and we will be back next week with another with another new episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.